0: Good morning, today is August twenty second, 2021, we are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, we are starting on page 14, that last paragraph that goes into 15, my friend had emphasized the absolute necessity, and we're going to be finishing up the chapter today. Um, for today, Leah S. was going to be our reader, and our speaker today is Lynn Kay from New Jersey um followed by okay okay so Leia, if you can please um read for us today i'm
1: Leia, a grateful and possible reader my friend had emphasized the absolute necessity of demonstrating these principles in all affairs particularly was it imperative to work with others as he had worked with me faith works without works was dead he said and how appallingly true for the alcoholic For if an alcoholic failed to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others, he could not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. If he did not work, he would surely drink again. And if he drank, he would surely die. Then faith would be dead indeed. With us, it is just like that. My wife and I abandoned ourselves with enthusiasm to the idea of helping other alcoholics to a solution of their problems. It was fortunate for my old business associates remained skeptical for a year and a half, during which I found little work. I was not too well at the time and was plagued by waves of self-pity and resentment. This sometimes nearly drove me back to drink, but I soon found that when all other measures failed, work with another alcoholic would save the day. Many times I have gone to my old hospital in despair. On talking to a man there, I would be amazingly lifted up and set on my feet. It is a design for living that works in rough going. We commence to make many fast friends, and a fellowship has grown up among us, of which it is a wonderful thing to feel a part. The joy of living we really have, even under pressure and difficulty. I have seen hundreds of families set their feet in the path that really goes somewhere, have seen the most impossible domestic situations righted, feuds and bitterness of all sorts wiped out. I have seen men come out of asylums and resume a vital place in the lives of their families and communities. Business and professional men have regained their standing. There is scarcely any form of trouble and misery which has not been overcome among us. In one Western city and its environs, there are 1,000 of us and our families. We meet frequently so that newcomers may find the fellowship they seek. At these informal gatherings, one may often see from 50 to 200 persons. We are growing in numbers and power. An alcoholic in his cups is an unlovely creature. Our struggles with them are variously strenuous, comic and tragic. One poor chap committed suicide in my home. He could not or would not see our way of life. There is however, a vast amount of fun about it all. I suppose some would be shocked at our seeming worldliness and levity. But just underneath there is deadly earnestness. Faith has to work twenty-four hours a day in and through us or we perish. Most of us feel we need look no further for utopia.
0: We have it with us
1: right here and now. Each day, my friend's simple talk in our kitchen multiplies itself in a widening circle of peace on earth and goodwill to men. Thank you. Thank you so much, Leah. And next, then we're going to have um,
0: gratefully, Lynn Kay from New Jersey is going to share on the pages we just read. Thank you, Lynn. Good morning, everyone. Um, thank you all for being here, and I'm very grateful to be here, and I'm very excited to uh, be given this uh, section, this these pages in Bill's story. <clears throat> start my timer. And to, um, to tell a little bit of my story, I'm just gonna go back to a little bit of Bill's story uh, for a couple of minutes. Um, you know, the thing that we do with Bill's story is uh, we relate my addicted life uh, to whatever I can in Bill's story. You know, how he thought, how he felt, how he drank. And right off the bat in the beginning, he talks about discovering liquor and he said he was very lonely. And that was such my story. I was a very lonely, lonely child. Um, and he turned to alcohol, he wasn't thirsty. He was lonely and the, the, the thing under loneliness is fear. And um, for those of us that uh, you know, read a little bit more about Bill's story, you know, his, his parents were divorced in 1905. No one was divorced in 1905 when he was 10. And so his loneliness had lots and lots of roots. His family had heavy alcoholism as did mine. Mental illness and alcoholism in my family very deeply. And he writes on, and we're gonna to continue to follow my progression and Bill's progression at one of his finals at school, he was too drunk to think or write. So right away we're, we're getting into the progression and I was in school. And I mean, I, we, I, I, I did all kinds of things in school and I can't believe that I made it through. Bill made it through um, and so did I. Um, then he talks about my drinking on page three, my drinking assumed more serious proportions continuing all day and almost every night. So my eating, my dieting, my looking to food as a solution for the way that I felt just began to snowball. And it was a constant battle of eating and and dieting. My, and then without um, just a few lines later, now he's going to drinking every day and every night. Now I can't hang on in a diet, not through breakfast. You know, I can't, I can't hang on anymore. Um, the amounts that I'm putting away is, is growing. And again, then he talks about what happened in October, 1929. He wobbled from the hotel bar. Again, not thirsty, blown away in fear of what was going on around him. Then the progression, it just gets grueling. It just gets grueling. He's putting um, 14 years into just um, a few pages. Now, no employment for five years. He was not even gonna draw a sober breath. There were no breaks for me from the food at that point. I was becoming desperate. I was thinking of suicide. Um, And now very shortly on five, it became a necessity. Now this becomes endless, he said. It goes on endlessly. So now there's no end in sight. There's no other thing that can happen for me. And then he writes, gradually things got worse. (laughs) You know, that's like amazing. Um, He starts to ask himself if he's crazy. He starts to get into the remorse, the horror, the hopelessness. I had no clothes to wear. I never knew what was going to fit me. I, I, I wore the same things for whatever season because of the only thing that would fit me. If that isn't enough, he says, this agony endured he for two more years as I did. continued to um, this relentless path of trying to fix my problem with the very substance that is creating the problem with the same thing, I mean, that is insanity. And he said, am I crazy? That is crazy. And that's what I was, I was crazy. And then of course, the self-knowledge, the books, the books I had, oh my God, so many books um, about everything, about, and um, of course the knowledge is useless, I have a medical background, completely useless to me. And then finally, he says, alcohol was my master. That is where everyone needs to get to. And, you know, I do a lot of reading and they talk about, you know, spiritually, how if you have a candle and you're looking at it in the daylight, it doesn't do anything for you. Like, meh, it's a candle. But then if you take it and you put it in the pitch black, The candle is amazing. And that's why we need to have the relentless bottom in our own lives. Bill Story had to have this relentless bottom because all of a sudden he says the door opened and I got information about the program and he realized that his, uh, Human will had failed and I did because I was exhausted. I was exhausted. And, um, you know, when I went through that, um, yeah, the, the, the bottom is the best thing ever. The bottom is the best day. I needed that darkness so that I could see something. You know, what does the program do for me? It changes my perspective. I look at things a different way. And from that comes all the new things that we see in the following pages, uh, as Bill finds uh, the price that has to be paid is this bottom and all the work that needs to be done, which he did and which I have done. And I introduce myself, obviously from now, you can see I'm a compulsive eater <laughs> and food addict. I am living in recovery. And he's gone through the steps. He has, the light has come on, is a beautiful candle in the dark. And he starts off this reading that says, my friend emphasized the absolute necessity of demonstrating these principles in all my affairs. I heard a speaker once, perhaps you've heard him too. And he spoke before a medical group. And uh, one of the medical students asked him, what's the hardest part? of uh what's the hardest step and he said step 12 the second half of step 12 practicing these principles in all my affairs and um for me how do i practice these principles in all my affair how am i connected to god enough to practice these principles in all my affairs i'm working steps 10 and 11. I'm spending time each day looking at my behavior, uh, at my attitudes, my perspective. What's my perspective in my situation? My perspective creates all of my thoughts and it creates the rest of my life. So what kind of glasses do I have on when i am looking at a particular uh situation for me usually fear um and he emphasizes um so working these principles in all our affairs that's going to keep me busy for the rest of my life and i look forward to the spiritual growth that that is going to bring to me each day and um so he's going to emphasize. He he begins to work at self sacrifice and um, the idea of helping others to a solution of their problems. This is the solution. I very enthusiastic when I work with a with a new sponsee. Um, I'm thrilled by them. I'm thrilled to hear their uh, their story. I want to hear about their bottom and. And, and what their path was and how it all came together as we listened to Bill's story, how it all came together. And there's a great promise here. Of course, there's many great promises here. And it's the design, it's a design for living that works in rough going. And what this means to me is, and I have had some very rough goings in my recovery, Um, I did come into the rooms in the 80s and things were different then and my recovery uh, was in stages, Um, but the rough going, I have learned that the more rough going the uh, time is, the closer God will be at hand through these practices. Um, so it's it's not like yeah it's really easy to you know stay on my food plan if I if I don't have to interrupt with other people if I don't have to go to a restaurant I mean right from that basic thing until the much more difficult uh, parts of life um, and um, so that's a great promise that's a great promise and um, that helping them sets me on my feet, and um, and the, we get friends, we have the fellowship, we have the steps, which brings to a joy of living, and <clears throat> I do have a joy of living. Um, I, I love my favorite part of the day, I swear right now, is on awakening. I love on awakening. Sometimes I feel like I need to jump out of bed, I'm like, nope going to do on awakening think about my day ahead just for a few minutes if there's a rush asking in advance for things that i know that are coming that will already be challenging for me i can say we could stop right there because that i'm gonna i'm gonna need you to intervene for me there's a situation that i'm not generally that good at so i ask for intervention in 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 advance um It talks, am I willing to attend meetings? Uh, We meet frequently, yes, I come to meetings so that the meetings of the program will be there for other people when they seek it. Um, Yes, the alcoholic in his cups or in his dishes as the case may be, is an unlovely creature. I was angry, disturbed, deeply disturbed people Um, I had many, many strange ideas about people and life and whatever. And I listened to a speaker one time and his family was very upset that he'd come into program. They told him that he was brainwashed and he was like, well, thank goodness, because my brain needed washing and my brain needed washing, too. I needed the new ideas. I needed the new perspective. I needed these promises. I needed the hope, the light that was always on the horizon and is there for me. And I needed to see how dark I was. And, you know, my whole, one of my main things of eating was not only did I want to get out of the pain, I perceived it, but I wanted to bury the past. Now I know I need my past or I will not know my bottom. I will not understand where I am now and be able to feel the joy of being where I am. Um, And he comforts us and tells us that some people are not going to make it. Some people will not be able to grasp the program. All that does is put me in gratitude that I'm one of the ones that is here. I'm so glad and so grateful That the 12 steps took me to a spiritual awakening, a spiritual platform, where from there, the amount of spiritual growth I can have is as much as I want. And always it lifts me up, sets me on my feet, whether it has to do with challenges of food or challenges of life. It is always there for me and it's deepening all the time. Faith has to work 24 hours a day through us or we perish for sure. Um, And there is our step 10 work, constantly asking, communicating with God. This is a difficult time. This is a place I need you now, right now, right here, this second with this difficult moment and drawing that into my life constantly used to be my program. Like, oh, I prayed in the morning and I, prayed and did my step 11. What happened in the whole middle of the day? Step 10, step 10, step 10. Call it in, call it in. And that gives me the continuous contact that I was always starving for, always looking for. And of course, uh, Bill makes a phenomenal uh, promise here. Most of us feel we need to look no further for utopia, a perfect way of life. I'm happy with the way I I live today. I was the kind of person that no matter where I was, no matter what I was doing, the grass was always green around the other side of the fence. I wanted to be somewhere else. I wanted to be someone else. I wanted to go somewhere. I wanted to get out of wherever I was. And now I live in a simpler way. I don't want to be anyone else. I don't want to go anywhere else. Not that I don't love a vacation, but I don't have to go. I don't have to get away. I'm not on the run. I was a runner. I was a runner. Um, I literally, I physically ran and I was a runner and food was my vehicle. Uh, The addiction was a vehicle. And, um, And he says here, each day my friends, simple talk in our kitchen multiplies itself in a widening circle of peace on earth and goodwill to men. I mean, it's such a broad process. And Abby came to him and talked to him when the door opened. Someone opened the door for me. And I just want to close with how grateful I am for all the sponsors who sponsored me. Um, there were many, many other people. I was a child in trouble. I was a very troubled person. And so many people came to help me. That door opened and I was not an easy person to sponsor. In fact, if I had met me at my first meeting, I don't think I would have sponsored me. I was wild. I was wild. And I was angry. But this kind, kind woman stepped in, followed by many, many more very kind people who helped me And showed me how to find this way of life. And um, I know I'm a little early, but I'm done. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks so much, Lynn.